0: Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. This is a uh, new home edition of Not Too Taboo. I'm here with my lady love, my partner, my everything, Gretchen Christine Rossi. Hi, baby. Hi, honey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? You know, I'm super excited to be doing another Not Too Taboo show with you. Uh, I'm even more excited that we have our very own sexologist coming on today. I'm
1: so excited about this. This
0: is going to be so much fun because we need we need help. We do. Well, just to educate ourselves so that we can properly answer the questions of our fans. Not that we need help.
1: (laughs) No, I think we need help too. But we did get a lot of questions. It was so fun last night because... Um, when I found out that we were having this awesome sexologist on today, um, I posted on social media and I said, okay, send me in your sex questions. And you guys legit, you guys sent like 962,000 questions.
0: It was <laughs> so, awesome.
1: I was like, oh dear. What we're, did I, I open Pandora's box here? We're like
0: flipping down the screen. I'm like going, I know that one, uh, <laughs> but I don't know that one. Thank God our guest is coming on today. Exactly. So today Our guest, she is a certified sexologist whose science-based and sexy approach to intimacy has been described as Dr. Ruth meets Rihanna. Whoa. And when you see her picture, you will understand why. Totally. She's really beautiful. She's so pretty. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) 51 million views on YouTube.
1: That's insane.
0: Appearances and guest appearances on The View. Yeah. The Doctors. Mm -hmm. The Real. Steve Harvey. And that's just to name a few, by the way. I could literally sit here all day going down the list. Yeah. This is a special lady. She's a bestselling author and host of her own show on the recently launched network, Quibi. Everybody, please welcome Shan Boudram. Yay.
2: Yay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, the audience is so happy she's here.
1: <laughs> I love our studio audience. <laughs> Shan, your name is so cool. Ooh. I really like it. It's really, really cool. And it
0: fits her. We like look at your picture. Yeah. We're like going, this is the prettiest sexologist we've ever met.
1: Yeah. Oh anyway. my goodness, you flirt. But well, I mean, I don't even know if we've met many sexologists. You act like we've like talked to like 62 sexologists.
0: Don't take away her credibility. You've Gotcha. <laughs> She's number one right now on the list. Don't take it away. When I posted that last night on Instagram,
1: it was interesting because so many people wrote back too, and they were like, what's a sexologist? I think I I wanna, perceive
0: myself to be one, I, so <laughs> I can't wait for her to talk about the definition.
1: <laughs> I want to actually have you define what quantifies somebody as a sexologist.
3: Yes. And first of all, Slate, I love that energy. I think that this is an area that everybody should feel like an expert in. And yes, I I can't dub you a sexologist, but I can give you the title sex expert. I can do that.
0: And if I'm not a sex expert, I will continue to practice. So thank you very much. I I love you (laughs) a long time.
3: Um, So, a sexologist is somebody who studies sex as it relates to psychology, uh, sociology, criminology, biology. And so as a result, you can show up in a number of different areas. It's kind of easy to think about a sexologist is to sex as a nutritionist is to food. So nutritionists study food and they can do that for helping people who've got, you know, uh, food related issues like diabetes, or they could do that for people who want to go to the Olympics. Um, They could do that at a gym. They could do that at a hospital. And so when someone says they're a sexologist, it's really good to ask the follow up question of, oh, where and how do you practice?
1: Okay, so where and how do you practice? Well, I know,
0: I know, <laughs> I, I know how I practice. Oh Lord! <laughs> <laughs> I
3: mean, I practice the exact same way, but I, uh, I essentially work in the media. So I originally went to school for journalism, you know, some ten plus years ago, and this was the topic that I wrote about. So I, I graduated, and I actually a year later wrote my first book called Laid. Which was essentially a look at how the internet has changed sex for young people. Mm-hmm. And then from that point on, I was like, well, I would really want to supplement my curiosity and my reporting with actual fact science-based knowledge. And so that's when I started to go get certifications. At University of Toronto, I became a sex education counselor in Canada. And I worked there for a number of years and then I moved to California. Um, I got my associate in sex ed, and then I got certified as a sexologist, but by and large, you know, I'm not going to be working in a hospital uh, anytime soon, or Mm -hmm. I don't write curriculum. My job and my gift is to take information that can sometimes be science-based and a little boring and not that digestible and try to make it as fun and as flirtatious and as wet and as alive as possible so that everybody feels how Slade does. Like, now, like I'm a sex expert, you know, because I know somebody who's has taught me information and I have gone and gotten more information. I'm excited about this topic. So how do we make sex ed sexy? And that has been my mission.
0: See, I love that. And I really love the way that it was described here too. It says navigates the realities of sex, dating and relationships today when the rules of love and attraction are often confusing and they are often confusing.
1: Well, and that's really like the definition of this new show that you have, right. That's called, um, Sexology with Shan, but Bo- I'm going to, it's I,
0: Boudram. Bo- Boudram, Shan Boudram. Am I saying it right? Just let it rhyme. Let, let it rhyme. rhyme. It yeah, flows, it, Bro-
1: let it
2: rhyme. Okay, I like it. <laughs>
1: Shan Boudram. Yeah.
0: Correct.
1: <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the show. This sounds fascinating.
3: And,
0: and to clarify, yes. this, is, this is on Quibi's new network, correct? Yeah.
3: It's on Quibi's new network. And so you can get a 90 day free trial right now. And it's every, Look you know what's crazy about this, guys? Because I've been in this space now. I started in the 2005 or so. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm on this platform that's referring to a show called sexology as a daily essential. That's right. When I first began, this was a topic that only came up at 11 p.m. on night on a pay-per-view channel. It was just really, I had Sue Johansson in Canada, who was the sex educator there. I know you guys had Dr. Ruth, but um, it was this really niche, you know, only certain people topic. And now... Quibi has been like, no, no, this comes on every single day, and it's just as important as the news. I love so that. So shout out to Quibi, yeah, that's for so for,
0: cool. for that. That's amazing. Every I man so cool. I know says this is a daily essential.
1: But you know what I also yes. love? <laughs> I do I, exactly. I just learned this about Quibi, but it's um, it's a short form mobile video platform, correct? So like, it's not these long segments. It's like these shorter segments
0: short form. It's short form, but I, but I want to... It doesn't take us long to get there, Gretchen. That's why it's short form.
1: But I want to mention that because I think some people are like, oh, I don't have time to sit down and watch an hour program, but this is cool because your show is about 10 minutes each, each segment, correct?
3: Yeah. Our shows actually run about like six minutes to eight minutes or so per episode, which, you know, we've already finished a Quibi episode so far. Um, congratulations. It was magnificent. But I think that, um, (laughs) It's also great because these are topics that maybe you've never really heard the ins and outs before of an IUD. And so if I rambled on about it for 40 minutes to an hour, it's so much information that you yeah. can't really pare that down and use that as a jump off for further discussion. So I love the fact that they're eight minutes. In that time, you're like, okay, cool. I know three things I'm going to bring to my group chat. I know three things that I learned that I'm going to look up myself and try to find more information on. So because these are topics that, By and large, you know, everybody knows what anal sex is, but how many people have gone through like the ins and outs, pun intended, of anal sex. So if I gave you an hour, it just might not have hit the same way. So I actually genuinely think this is the perfect amount of time to get people to that expert or self expert level it's,
0: which is really cool it only takes me about eight minutes to get say, to the point where i, I call my own name i was just gonna say. gonna
1: say it sounds about like right about our sex life <laughs> about six to eight minutes six to eight, yeah <laughs> to we, reach maximum orgasm
0: we we check the clock at six <laughs> minutes we check you go two minutes more really
2: no, <laughs> no, we have two more minutes of it <sighs> oh, just man. kidding yeah. so your audience <laughs> is
1: primarily millennials correct and and if if um that is the group that you're working with. What is, I'm so curious, what are the biggest intimacy issues for that age range?
3: You know what's so fascinating? And I would love to know like when I was growing up or when I first started as an educator, it was all the Googleable questions that you would get all the time, right? I can't orgasm through penetration. Is there something wrong with me? And then I'd be like, oh, here's this body part called the clitoris. It's the only known body part to man. That sole function is pleasure. That's 8,000 nerve endings. Get acquainted. They're like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. Thank you so much. Or I have been having abnormal periods. What does this mean? You just say, oh, easy. Go talk to your doctor and ask me a few questions and go to a licensed healthcare professional. It was a really easy job. Mm-hmm. And now, because the internet has taken care of so many of those like quick questions, every question that I get are paragraphs long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they're really nuanced and they're unique to each individual and they they require further exploration. So, right. You know, maybe, you know, 10 years ago or so, Quiggy could have been a one-minute show because people just need to know the basics of how do you put on a condom. Right. Now you have to go a lot further and say, okay, here's you know, you know how to put on a condom, right? But did you know there's three different kinds of condoms? Did you know that there's condoms to help you last longer? There's condoms that are specifically designed for women's pleasure. Did you know where you can buy them? Did you know that some condoms are made with different materials? And so oh. I think that the questions I'm getting now are a lot more nuanced. Um, but they're just a mishmash of all the traditional ones. So it's still people who are like, okay, I I know, you know, how to identify myself sexually. I know how to get myself off. Um, Me and my partner have been communicating about love languages, but yet still when we get to the bedroom, our insecurities creep in. What do we do now? So I think that that's um, hopeful because people know a bit more, but it also really speaks to the fact that they don't have anywhere to go to discuss the more nuanced issues that we all face in our intimate lives.
1: Yeah, totally. Okay. So then what's one of the wildest questions you've tackled so far?
3: I think, you know, it's, um, Maybe everybody that may
0: not seem wild to her. <laughs> yeah, true.
3: <laughs> yeah. Because you know what? We actually, in, in school for sexology, uh, we had to do this course. It's called sexual attitude reassessment. And this is literally the course, that saying, I kid you not, we had to watch 40 hours of porn. Um, oh, meet a shut couple of like, guest up.
1: speakers every guy's like i want to sign you're up to so... be a sexologist oh my god <laughs> that class just sold out yeah. you just totally <laughs> sold the class for everybody listening
3: that is into that i love it hilarious it, it, it was great but it's also not the 40 hours of porn you're selecting right so we watched porn about cutting where people are really into cutting each other's genitals uh, oh. we watch porn about fisting and so and that the whole point of watching all of these various different ways that people receive pleasure is so I don't have that reaction when someone tells me so Whoa. when somebody says you know I, I like putting on a diaper and I feel really sexy when I pretend to be like a baby I'm like oh infantism and so I've seen that before and right. I have a reference for that wow so I, try, I can't comment like- I can't even comment
0: I can't even comment right now <laughs> can't even comment can't even comment <laughs>
3: Yeah, it's just like, if you see two consenting adults do something together, and you're like, wow, it's really cool that you guys found each other, you can always find an appreciation for it. Even if it's not your particular thing, right. you can sort of see like, wow, like, you know, I, I would not personally like to have my genitals cut into like small paper cuts. But Ow. for somebody who does like that, and they found a partner who also likes that, like, that's really cool. And the enjoyment that they share, I like that's where the beauty comes in. So I don't know if I've gotten a weird question in a long time um just because I don't know I think
0: that she um, of it. it yeah she, she only kind of nailed it those, were, think, all those were all weird
3: those were all weird some things yeah yeah I mean I would I,
1: wow I do like what what are they, are they using like a knife I'm so fascinated <laughs> like what Gretchen. what are they cutting the genitals with I don't even know like what oh well,
0: she said like paper
3: cut but like you have a piece of well, paper, I don't get it. <laughs> In the video that I watched, they have like a special tool for it, so you can. You know, that's the thing is like there's an app for that, there's a sex toy for that. So, like, um, why you're like having it,
1: sex that this is happening?
3: No, yeah, party. it's a part Weird. of their sex play. Wow, the part of, the foreplay. of their.
2: Uh, yeah, part you, of the know, foreplay.
3: You, know you know that thing we don't have, ball Gretchen.
1: <laughs> Apparently, you and I we're, need to step need up our it. sex
2: game.
3: <laughs> <laughs> there's so many, there's so many various ways that people you know explore and receive pleasure, and you can, I guess again, again, there's safe tools, there's communities you can go to to go look it up. There's kink.com, which will give you guides and give you opportunities to, like talk with people who are in this space, and we're in a really incredible time where in that you can find a community or you can find the resources, or again, there's probably a toy or a tool that's specific for that. So I wouldn't suggest that anybody go from hearing about cutting, like giving it a whirl with their like, like local kitchen knife tonight, go and look it up online, see what the appropriate tools are, the appropriate care is afterwards. And, Trust me, there's resources for you. We,
0: we're so lame, Gretchen. I mean, our our. you know what pleasures us, champ? <laughs> a beer and a pizza. That's, <laughs> that's pretty much it.
3: Ooh, that sounds so hot. <laughs> okay. You guys have to read the list of tanks. There's over a hundred, and there's going to be one that hits and lands with you that's like, that turns me on, just even hearing about it, so... If you haven't explored before, this is your invitation. Okay. The list of
1: kinks. Okay, we're going, we're going, this is going to be our
0: new date night thing. We got accused of being fornicators yesterday. We were, oh, we were totally, we, a, we were offended.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we totally were <laughs> accused of fornicating because we're, we're, we're not married. Because we're not I guess, married. Because we're not married. Oh,
0: you're evil fornicators. You're a
1: fornicator. It's like, oh no. And, and they're I like, went, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> I, I have to, I have to preface this, Shan. <laughs> Gretchen's degree is in psychology. <laughs> she will have you move in just so she can yes. learn yeah. all of this stuff. She's fascinated,
3: fascinated, totally. Gretchen, I'm actually doing my uh, undergrad right now, my bachelor's in human development and psychology. So I love you can it. can definitely move in oh, and let's just it. like make sweet, sweet uh, psychological love together. I love but it. I was, but
1: they ask all the time, like you know, why aren't you married? And it's so interesting because. I mean, the technical answer to it was we missed our own wedding.
2: (laughs) That is true. (laughs) But,
1: um, but the, but the truth is, is like, I, I, it's like, I don't feel like you have to put a title on something to show that like you're committed and in love. And in some ways I actually believe that being that we're not married shows that we truly are committed and you know, we want to be together because we want to be together, not because we have a marriage license or anything like that. And I'm not against marriage, not even like a little bit, like if one day we end up, getting married. I think that'd be amazing and wonderful. Um, but I do know that there's just so many people that, you know, get married and then next thing, you know, they're getting divorced and like the, the long, long long-term relationships that I admire and look up to are people like Kurt and Goldie Hawn or Oprah and yes. And it's like, they're not married and, and it works. And so I sit there and I evaluate that and I go, why, why is it working so long-term for these people like this? And why is all these people that finally get married, you know, Brad and Angelina, or, you know, all these people that Jen and Jen and whatever his name was, I can't remember, Justin, like all those people that finally get married. And then like they're divorced right after that. And they've been together for so many years. I'm like, I don't know. There's something, there's something, something there. that makes me a little like nervous about that. So yeah. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, it, it just I works I would for say us.
3: that I think that a title is something that you slap on to help other people quickly digest what you share. Right. A title should never define your relationship or be ambitious for your relationship, totally. right? So if you're using the you know, hope in, of being married as a way of solidifying a bond, well, that just speaks to the fact that your bond isn't already solidified. Right. I feel like it's like, it's just for, you know, fast consumption, a Fuji apple is so much more than a Fuji apple, but it just uses that title of the grocery store. So you know what it is quickly. Okay, move on and buy something else. But uh, mm-hmm. I love the fact that you guys already know so intuitively what the two of you share. And you're like, "Not like that title does not actually holding any value to us. And people who really know us understand yeah. the depth of our love and our commitment. When you guys described to the top of the show, it brought me to tears. So I think that's really beautiful that you're defining it on your terms. Thank you. Thank you, I
1: appreciate that.
0: Yeah, see, she's very good at what she does, and so now I have to ask you, what what led you to become a, a sex and intimacy educator? Yeah, because apparently you're very good at this.
3: You know what? Really shitty sex life, really shitty love life. Um, like the for lack of a you know flowery way of putting it, yeah. just failing a lot and being like, oh, is this supposed to be this hard? Um, is there no other way? Is this all supposed to be trial and error? Am I supposed to go through so many more heartbreaks and? Bad sex, sexual experiences, and loss of self-esteem and loss of sense of self. Is this, Am I supposed to keep throwing myself into the fire until I eventually figure it out, or is there tools and information and a strategy out there that can actually help me do this successfully and safely? So it was really just my own, you know, lack of ability to just figure it out or just find the one. You know, all of those advices that people give the, the, the just advices: just be yourself, just put yourself out there. You'll just know when you met the right person. None of that shit applied to me. So that's where I brought up the information. I was like, wow, there's great information out there. And for people like myself who want it, this should be more accessible to them.
0: But you know what, what I love about what you're talking about? I think it's very, very self-reflective because none of that shit applies to most people. They just don't admit it. Mm-hmm. And to me, yep. you know, the, the aspect of sexual education gets missed. No one ever gets really taught. It's kind of like financial literacy. It's the mm-hmm. same thing. You don't ever really get taught the, the proper way to go about explaining it even to our children. Yeah. I mean, uh, my situation with my, my oldest son, he, he had been spending time with older cousins away, came home, was doing homework out, uh, in my office. And all of a sudden he meets me in the courtyard, bawling his eyes out. I'm like, what's wrong, dad. I accidentally typed in porn.com and I can't get the windows and pop ups to go away. Right. And he's just bawling oh his eyes God. out. And I think he was maybe 12. And I literally made him go in there and sit down with me and we talked through what he was seeing on the screen. He's like, "Why do people That's do awesome. right? yeah. But I'm like, "Why That's do people awesome. do this, Dad?" I go, "Because dumbasses like you put in porn.com. That's why they do it." <laughs> so, we just went through all the details of it and I said, "You have to understand that a lot of this is for show. Some of it is for pleasure, but a lot of it's not real."
2: Yeah.
1: You
0: know, a lot of this stuff has been put on because they know that people are, are viewing from home and they're tuning in and they're making money off of it. So, yeah. I don't want you to think this is necessarily the norm. Right. So, we had that conversation, but what's interesting is it really grounded him, I think.
2: Yeah.
1: Because
0: he's been with the same woman for 11 years now. They just recently got married. But kudos to
1: you as as a father, because most parents- I didn't know what I was doing. Well, but most parents would short circuit in that situation and not know what to do and be like, don't be on that site. And then like make the kid feel guilty and make the kid feel bad about, you know, obviously wanting to explore that. And that's part of the reason that I knew I wanted to have children with you is because the way that you go about- um, life and, and situations and you just hit it, you know, head on and you just address it. And I guarantee by you doing that with your son and not making him feel, you know, bad and ashamed for, you know, him being curious about something, it allowed him to feel, you know, sexually free in the sense of like, okay, like I get now what this means, as opposed to not, you know, it being shut down and then him being confused and then always wanting to go back and be curious about it.
0: You're such a good partner, Gretchen. I love okay. you. So does this mean
1: make that- out? Make out? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Right?
0: <laughs> if I could only, if I could only reach her right now, Shan. So this-
1: no, but you know what? I went. The thing that I find interesting about Shan's background is it sounds similar to mine in the sense that um bad sex life? No, well, yeah, until I met you, of course. Um that a girl? she you went to a catholic school and you had parents that were not very expressive. Um and I went through the same thing. Like my life I was raised very very strict baptist southern baptist, you know, christian and I went to a private christian high school and a private christian uh, college and you know, it Everything around sex was shame. Like if I even thought about sex, it was like I'm going straight to hell. Um if I, you know, God forbid I have sex before I'm married. Like all of those things. And I remember the first time I did have sex. I, w- I didn't have sex until I was 22. And I literally cried for like 3 days. Like I had so much guilt and so much shame around it. And you know, even though my parents, you know, told me that they talked to me about sex, like I remember my diary as a little girl just writing things down and being like, I, if I ever have a daughter, I never want to like feel this way. I always want to be open and honest and be able to talk to my daughter about these things. So it sounds like you had a little bit of that similar background. Did you
3: have a good partner? Did you have a good first? Like, was it somebody that you're happy that you chose or what do you Wait, The first time
0: you had sex, was oh, it a good partner? Um, Cause you said you cried for when
3: you say
1: good partner, meaning was the sex good?
0: Well, just was they supportive of no. the fact that it was your first time? That's what she's talking about. Exactly. Not just, hey, yeah. thanks, got to go.
1: Oh, no, yes, definitely. did they make you feel bad about it? No, 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 they were, they, no, no, he, he definitely was great about it for sure. But What's I What's his think- name, Gretchen? I don't even start. (laughs) Hey, Um, listeners want to know, but, but I'm sure he would love it if I said his name. Um, but no, but it was one of those things where he was great about it, but I know that it, you know, it was a struggle for him because he was just like, why are you so upset about this? You know, like, why is this, why is this so bad? But I carried so much like shame and guilt over it because, you know, I had had sex before I was married and like all of these things. And I just, I wish that I, I mean, and listen, my parents are amazing, incredible parents. So I don't want to like knock them at all, but they were raised in a generation where it's like, you don't have sex before marriage. You stay a virgin, you know, you're with one partner your entire life. And I really had to like evolve out of that mindset and become my own person and create my own, you know, whatever you want to call it, you know, sexuality or whatever, um, through that. And it was a, that was a hard transition for me. And I know there's a lot of people out there that struggle with that too. And then that causes problems in your sex life. I mean, wouldn't you agree, Shan? Yes, Yeah. A hundred percent. Yes.
3: I mean, that's a question that, you know, I do get all the time of people who are like, how do you remove the shame out of it? How do you start to enjoy your sexuality when your whole life you've been told that it's a terrible part of who you are? Yeah. And my answer to that is always time. You know, I think a lot of us expect to go through 20 years of conditioning that sex is negative and shameful and is going to lead to green genitals and broken hearts. And then all of a sudden, and then of course a missed opportunity to get to heaven uh, at the very least of it, but you get all that programming and then you expect yourself as soon as you make the decision to go ahead and do it for all that to melt away. It do not work that way, right? It could take you years. Um, For some people, they could be well into a marriage and still experience those feelings of guilt. I think being empathetic with yourself and understanding with yourself is giving yourself the treatment that you didn't get growing up, Um, allowing yourself not to just feel because somebody else is telling you, but to be authentic in what is real for you based on the reality that you've experienced. So I would say if you are experiencing that, and I definitely, I think I went the opposite. I feel like I started having sex and I was like, well, going to hell. And then I just like (laughs) completely threw myself into it in not a great way. But um, I just completely separated myself from the fact that I've already done the bad thing. And so now I should just do as much bad as possible. And it wasn't until I, you know, turned 19 years old that I realized this, this can't be the story because if it is, then everybody who warned you about sex is absolutely correct.
2: Right.
1: So
3: in, in many ways, Gretchen, I think your story sounds like a pretty positive one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now, Shan, you've been open about being a sexual assault survivor. Um, Can you share a little bit about how that impacted you, um, you know, how you've healed from that and, you know, maybe what advice um, you have for other survivors out there?
3: Yeah, I was 17. And, um, you know, a stat that I think is so crucial is that 80 percent of people who have experienced sexual assault, rape, um, happen from a known attacker. I think that's crucial because when I learned about rape growing up, you always see it in like hey, you're, you're walking down the street right. and a person in a white painter's van pulls up and right. you have no control. And it, it becomes this thing where like, of course, you're the victim. There's no gray area. You were doing nothing wrong. You were wearing a snowsuit and mm. this person just violated you. And that's just really not the reality of how it happened. Even when I was reading about gate rape growing up, gate rape was always positioned as you're at a party and someone puts something into your drink and then yeah. again like you have no participation in this yeah. but the real way that it happens is someone that you know and this was somebody that I liked that I was attracted to that I willingly went over to their house and I wanted to get to know them my intention was not to be sexual with that person and um, they had been drinking they had a lot of friends over their parents were to town and I remember afterwards just feeling like so confused you know because I was very vocal about not wanting that. I was very vocal about, you know, my lack of desire to be in that situation. But also I had to acknowledge that I had put myself there originally. And there was opportunities before the assault to leave that I didn't take. And so I came home and I was just really distraught about it. And the very first person I spoke to was my older sister, who had the same upbringing as me and had the same education as me. And so I don't say this as a knock to her. I say this as a reflection of the reality that we were in and the, the teachings that we were told. So I told her what happened and, you know, her response was, well, what do you think was going to happen? What were you expecting? Um, and so that really, like, you know, crystallized to me that, oh, this was your fault, that right. this is something that you asked for, you brought on yourself. And it honestly wasn't until, you know, 25 years old that I started to listen to the stories of others that I, you know, started to collect my first book, Legos and Anthology. I started to collect other stories that I realized that, one, I wasn't alone and, two, what happened to me was not okay. And that was a pretty big turning point for me in a lot of ways. And hopefully now we're raising daughters who understand that far beyond, you know, far before I did, but of course, far before a sexual assault does happen.
0: Yeah. Well, and I'm, and I'm so sorry that you had to experience that and go through that. And, and I really commend you for, you know, taking an experience like that and really turning it around into a means of driving you to help educate others through that situation. Cause you know, because of your work, I can only assume that there are other victims out there who won't have to struggle the number of years you did in in learning more about that situation. So, I mean, it's very amazing. Oh, yeah. It's very cool.
3: I think so. I mean, all the movements that we've had, the Me, the Me Too movement, for better or for worse, right. is just at least forced the conversation of consent. And so for sure, everything that's void of an enthusiastic yes is a no, right? So And that's something that you teach your sons and daughters from a young age. And uh, I'm even curious because, like, even as raising kids, like I've heard a really great thing is, hey, you know, you don't have to hug people. Even teaching our young girls that, that you don't owe somebody a hug, you know, even if they're your aunt, you get to decide what you do with your body. Like those are all the building blocks of feeling ownership over yourself and knowing that your no has some power to it and there's no obligation involved with your body and how other people interact with it. So I'm really hopeful for the future. I'm hopeful for the conversations that we're having and yeah, like I am grateful to be a part of it. Um, but I think that my story is not an uncommon one. and that's also true like I've shared a lot about my personal experiences. Um, I've shared a lot. I've got chlamydia in my 20s. I've told that story. Um, you know I've, I've been through terrible relationships and terrible heartbreaks, and I'm so comfortable sharing all that because I realize that we get this idea through the media that everybody has this like one-size fits all sex life. And you start to realize when you talk to real people, oh, nobody has that TV Friday afternoon sex life. Like yeah. that's not anyone's reality. Yeah. No, it It's is, so much it, more relating in our imperfections. It, yeah.
0: Yes, and it is not one size fit all because I got stuck with an extra small. <laughs> so, I, you know, that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> making for a, it
2: work. Yeah, oh yeah, God. well,
0: you know, i got to run hard and fast. <laughs> um, well, yeah. first off, I have to congratulate you. I understand you've recently been married. You and Jared. Yeah. yeah celebrating oh, coming up on a year right know
3: his name. Yeah. Oh, he's been married for a year and a half now yeah congratulations, congratulations. Yeah. that's
0: that's so Thank exciting you. which means you've gotten further than gretchen and i <laughs> yeah. uh, no
3: it doesn't you guys are 11 years okay you will never <laughs> you will always
0: have to be <laughs> well what's amazing about that i mean do you think that your profession helped your intimacy you know in in, in this particular relationship and and you know Amazing props to him too, because I can guarantee you that he, like me, likes to listen.
3: (laughs) Oh my gosh, like it is 100. I don't, I would not be with my husband if it wasn't for the work that I did. I would not have found him. I wouldn't have the skill set to maintain this relationship. I wouldn't even have the idea of how to build a set of standards that would invite this kind of love into my life. Right. That's um, amazing. So, yeah. So true.
1: There, there is a, that's
3: no, a, that's I love a that profound statement, statement I love that, that you that statement. just said.
1: And I think a lot of people miss that. And I think that that is like a really big key to finding the right person and, and attracting the right person into your life. You
0: know what? That's got to be our question of the week. I think we're going to have to work that in, Yeah, but it is building a set of standards to attract that level of love into your life. Yeah. That's an sure. amazing statement.
3: Yeah. Oh, thank you. I wish I had some music to to play right there. (laughs) We're uh, we're family planning right now, myself and my husband. And we talk a lot about like nutrition and like kids. And our thing is like, we're not going to expose this kid. Yesterday we had, I don't know if you guys have Chick-fil-A in your state, but we had this like strawberry shake from Chick-fil-A and it tastes like heroin. I don't know what heroin (laughs) tastes like, but it has to be that. And so I was like, can you imagine giving this to a kid? And he's like, you can't. Cause oh. if a baby eats this, why would they ever make a healthy decision for themselves? Right. Like, how would you ever have the knowledge to say, no, I'll, I'll have that broccoli, like cauliflower right. pesto yeah. thing. Wouldn't right. happen. So,
0: they would, they would yeah. think that's all was available to them. So, but see that, that kind of transitioned us into a question. The question is now that you at one point had described your relationship as being an open relationship and maybe, right. maybe you weren't sure you wanted kids and now you guys are kind of talking kids. So talk to me a little bit about that transition.
3: That's what's really cool about, this is like to me what's amazing about this relationship I have with my partner is that it's so in the now, it's so present. Um, it's not about us projecting what we want out of life or relationships onto each other and trying to force that person to a mold. It's really like, who are you right now? What feels good to you right now? Cool, let's find a set of label. Let's find a circumstance that fits both of us that celebrates who we are in the now. So our relationship title has changed a lot. Um, our relationship structure has changed. Our goals for long-term and short-term have changed uh, just because we're honest about what it is that we feel in the moment without trying to put pressure for it to be something bigger or something based on, you know, whatever our families had in the past. So right now, to be honest with you, I actually interviewed my, I have an ex-fiance. Mm-hmm. I didn't speak to her for a number of years. And I interviewed him maybe like last week just to ask about the situation. And in it, he brought up that I had broached the topic of open relationships so don't really remember. And I was like, oh, like that makes perfect sense. I'm not sure if you're aware, but like my marriage is based on a principle of of non-monogamy. And I say that because we're not uh, actively dating other people or haven't actively slept with other people. But I think both of us are very comfortable with flirting with others. We're very comfortable. uncomfortable with the idea that he finds other people attractive. Um, And if he came to me and said, you know, I've met somebody that I really want to experience. I think that this person is going to really help open up new parts of me, or I'm really intrigued by who I am in reflection to them. And I want to explore that. I would not feel any way about this because we're married. So it's a like a tightrope or the thing because we haven't actively engaged. I don't feel comfortable saying we're in an open marriage because that discounts people, you know, who do have boyfriends and girlfriends in our marriage. But I think the potential is there. So we call it a free relationship now where it's kind of the same thing. Like we'll, In the moment, we'll decide what makes the most sense. And uh, whatever we've shared has always been amazing. So I have no doubt or fear that it won't continue to be great because we communicate and because we're honest about who we are as individuals.
1: Thank you very much, Shan. I got to tell you, this is exactly my philosophy on life. And like people think I'm like nutso. Like you are my spirit animal right now. Because (laughs) when when I explain this to people, because, okay, so this is so interesting. Because when I first started dating Slade, I told him, you know, I want to have an open relationship and he's like, "Wait, you mean I get to like have other girls in this thing?" And I was like, "No, that's not what I mean." And it's funny because the term again was the wrong term or the you know, it's like but there's what these did you mean, Gretchen? there's these like titles that people put on things and then they just have, you know, they expect this certain definition to come from it. And what I meant when I said I want to have an open relationship was more I want to have just a very raw, honest relationship, no matter what that means. Open conversation. Open conversation. Because my thing is, is that, like I said to him, when I first met him, I said, look, I don't know if 20 years from now, you and I are going to be bored with our sex life. And I don't want you to go out and cheat on me or, you know, go be with some other chick because you secretly aren't getting what you need from me. I want to know that as my partner, you're my best friend, that you can share everything with me, just like you were sitting next to your buddy and going, dude, that chick is so hot right there. I want you to be able to say, have those exact conversations with me. But why are you Didn't making this about that? me?
0: You said this, but you were, it wasn't about me. It was about you.
1: No, no, hold you, on. You wanted- you're going to get off track on that. No, th- that was old school. That's old school, Gretchen. That's silly. Th- but my point being is now, today the term, like, I love that she said like this free, would you call it free relationship? Is that what the word you use? Exactly. Free relationship. And for me, I love that. It's not because Slade and I have never had another partner in our relationship. We have a great sex life. We're very content with each other, but I just want to know that he, I, I want my partner to know that he always has the space to come and speak freely with me about whatever he's struggling with or if he's feeling something, or if he feels like he needs to have something else inner um, incorporated into our relationship, whether it be a sex toy or a sex thing, like we're talking about sex fetish or another partner or whatever, that doesn't mean necessarily mean that I'm like, okay, I'm fully on board and let's go for it. It's just, let's talk through it and figure out what it is that we're missing so that we don't have any holes in our relationship and have any problems in our relationship.
3: So. Oh, Amen. How do you feel about that, Slade? Yeah, Slade. How do you feel
0: about that? I feel Gretchen has way more fantasies in her dreams about the sexy <laughs> men she gets to hook up with than I do.
1: I have sex dreams about she has so sexy, many guys yeah, all the time. Like she'll it's wake so up and go, weird. oh, I
0: just made love to this guy in my dream last night. I'm like, why well, was it? Was I there? <laughs>
1: what happened? It's very random. And what the worst part is, I don't even want to have sex with these people. It's not like I even find them attractive at all. And for some reason, I'm like having sex dreams about them, which is so silly. But I love that term that you said, free relationship. I love that. Um, Speaking of though, you mentioned that you and Jared were having the family talk, right? The baby, maybe starting a family, but I have a question for you because I heard that you kind of didn't want to be a parent before, and now you've changed your mind on that. So what changed your
3: mind on that? Do you know what literally happened, Gretchen? I kid you not, like maybe, um, uh... Last year, in the, I have a book, The Game of Desire, that came out in the summer. And just as that book was coming out, I was like, oh, I should take out outside of an IUD. And so I'm not getting pregnant with an IUD. And I was like, I should take my IUD out. You know, Now is the time. You've been married for six months. And so I was like, ah, oh, maybe I'll take that out. And so I set an appointment for it. And then I just didn't go to the appointment. I was like, I don't want to. You know, there's no part of me. I just don't feel ready. Just need to show the time. And so I didn't do it. And, you know, six months passed after that and the book had come out and i had toured. And so I'd finished like, because that was kind of the baby that I wanted to release at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm going to take my IUD out. And the reason that I thought that is that I'm ready for the next adventure. You know, I think that everything that I have done, you know, whether it's moving to new countries or exploring a new love life or, you know, guiding myself into my career, like everything has, has shown a different part of me and it's made life more enjoyable and more rich. And I feel like at this point in, my, in life, I'm just, I was just ready for the next adventure. And so that's where I came to my, and my husband's also six years younger than me. Wow. So that's a conversation too, where, you know, our pressures are, are different for age-wise. Yeah, so I came to him sure. and I was like, okay, what do you think about this? Like, I, you know, I know that maybe in your ideal world, it would be in a few years, but also he's never put the pressure on me. He'd be fine without kids at all. Yeah. That's and then wonderful. he was like, you know, I thought about it too. And just like for my grandma, I, you know, I don't know how long she'll be a lot, around for. And I, I do want to share this with her. And so we're like, okay. And, mm-hmm. you know, naive me thought that you take out the IUD and then the very next day you're pregnant. Oh yeah, um, totally. you know, that, that doesn't <laughs> happen like story. that. Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was also great. But I'm grateful for it being a struggle because as somebody who wasn't sure they wanted this for their life, it's really forced me to affirm month after month like no I really do want this yeah and um, yeah. every time it doesn't happen you're reminded how much it would mean to you if it did and you start paying attention more to people like yourself who have got a newborn kid and you're yeah. like asking questions now and yeah. you're filling yourself up and even you know you guys saying it's been the greatest thing and so I I'm actually grateful that it's been a struggle because it's allowed me to Really feel more ready um, for when it does happen.
1: So there's no chance of getting um, exclusive baby news right now, then, right? <laughs> no, not yet. No. I was hoping maybe I was hoping there was a chance. <laughs> I think she.
0: You, first off, you, we have to be sure to have you back, yeah. with us at some point because there's a lot more stuff to talk, talk about. about we that, spent yeah. five years going through IVF, and you know we shared our whole baby journey with the doctors, mm-hmm. and they followed us from the very beginning.
3: Yeah. So That's it, amazing. Oh. Yeah. It was, Did you guys it was, do one of those pictures with all the needles? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I haven't
1: done that yet, but I kept all the needles because I want to do that, but I didn't get a chance to do it yet. But yeah, I mean it's it was it was quite the journey. So I feel for you and I I know that feeling of like you know, cause Slade had a um, vasectomy 15 plus years ago. So the first, you know, seven years of our relationship, it was like so nice because we were like, yeah, we can have sex all the time. Don't have to worry about this. And then all of a sudden when you want to have a baby and then you're like doing the reversal and like all the stuff. And then like, it's not happening. Like you're saying month after month and you you feel that disappointment. And then you start to realize like how much this means to you. And then I didn't get pregnant until I was 41 years of age, mm-hmm. which was, you know, that, and she was going to leave me. That was scary. There was a moment that I thought about leaving you. Um, no. So th- that you, you can't say it like that. That makes it sound horrible. There was it a was moment. terrible, Gretchen. I had a moment of pause of wondering, was this the right relationship? I'm but still affected. I went through it and it was all good. But anyways, um, that's a whole other side story. But. I wish you guys so much luck on that. I will send prayers and good vibes your guys way because um, it's just a wonderful thing. Now, it, when you're talking about the next adventure, honey, strap in because it is quite an adventure. <laughs> and like, if you think you're not having sex, you know, enough sex now, but try and have a newborn, which actually leads me to the next section. I want to ask um, some sex questions, but I'm going to start out with a couple of questions for Slade and I. So what advice would you give a couple like Slade and I who... Um, like many new parents out there may not be having as much sex as they used to be.
0: <laughs> is it the sex after baby question?
3: Yes. Your body makes a conscious decision that you're no longer in first place, right? Even those first three months are so gruesome where you feel like complete shit all the time. Like that's also the benefit of the baby. Like Everything is, the universe has decided that this new life is what comes first. And right. so you also have a choice in the matter. You're more exhausted. You're appetite has changed, things you used to love, you hate now. And so all of those changes, I, I think that you've got probably gotten used to, how could they not affect your relationship or your sex life? It's impacted everything from your sleep to your appetite, to your motivation to work, your motivation to work out. Yeah. Why would it not also extend into your sex life? So yeah. I would say give yourself grace, just like you probably gave yourself grace during pregnancy to sleep more. Give yourself grace to not feel as horny or to not feel as energized. And I think if both of you are communicating about that and that just becomes built in, there's empathy. I think the problem is where your partner doesn't understand why your sex drive is different, doesn't understand what's happening and starts to personalize that. Like, you're not attracted to me anymore or you don't feel the same versus like, I feel differently in every area of my life and this is just a byproduct of that. Yeah. And if you keep doing that and keep talking, I think that you'll find your rhythm once again. Also, too, you know, I was mentioning that you know how like working out is never a thing that you want to do right and you're just like oh I don't really want to work out but once you're doing it you're like I just I work on it every day I feel great 50, yeah. and once you're finished you're like that was amazing I yeah. feel so much better so it doesn't change the fact the next day you're gonna be like I don't want to work out but sometimes that's just kind of the same yeah. where you're like I don't want to do it but once you do and you get into it, you're like, I'm enjoying myself and I feel better for it afterwards. So it's a push and pull of accepting the changes in your body and accepting the changes in general, but also challenging yourself to still try to create intimacy with a partner because you will be better for it, not just health-wise, but energy-wise. And of course, your relationship will also process
0: on it. I love that. She just said all this because she just described our sex life. Well, no, but how it's many so, times tell her what, well, I don't know if I'm really into it. <laughs> not I'm not sure, sure if I really want to have sex right now. I kind of do, but, totally. no, but I'm I, too tired. It's, it's going to be a lot of work. Yeah. Like <laughs> I then, get the whole rundown.
1: And then we do have sex. And then I'm like, Oh my God, why are we doing this more often? <laughs> <It's> amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I love what you said. I, I think that's such great sound advice because I think people beat themselves up. And you know, it's so funny because I think, um, you know, especially as moms, like, you know, we are, we really are super moms. Like there's so much going on. There's so many changes that are happening in our body, you know, depending on if you had the vaginal birth or the, you know, um, uh, C-section, like you're having major, like, you know, destruction go on to your body. And it's like, you know, the guys just expect you to like be up and going right again. And it's didn't it. But, but I've heard this from a lot of my friends that the, the men are just like, okay, well, like, when can we have sex again? And it's like, you know, you got to give your woman, t- give her a second, like take a pause, like realize what she went through to have this baby and that her emotions, her hormones are everywhere. And I love that you said, just have some grace about it and know that, you know, to to like, just work up to it again and get back to a point where you, you, don't make excuses, but you start to learn to say, okay, I know this is good for me. I know I need to be doing this. I know it makes me feel better. So I need to take the time and energy to put into it. So, And
0: I, and I have to interject something right here. Yeah. I'm very distracted during this interview right
1: now. <laughs> I'm really hot. so She's
0: hot. undoing her shirt. <laughs> because it's like, I
1: have, is it I because have
0: we have a, the sex the, the sexologist no, on the phone? No, because I have
1: a robe on and I'm like sweating. It's hot down here right now. So I'm not
0: trying. Like, I, <laughs> I just want our listeners to understand it's not weird that we're on the phone with with. And you're touching yourself.
1: I'm not touching myself. I'm fanning myself. There's a big difference. By the
0: way, you did a boob shift in the, the middle way, of this statement.
1: Speaking of um, touching yourself and foreplay and all that jazz, that's. Do you my see ne- how
0: she's trying to move on right now, that's Sam? My, Do you see that?
1: That's my next question. <laughs> it's a great segue.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice segue, Gretchen. Um, Let me undo my shirt and move right on to the next segment.
1: That's my next question. So I we did a, a podcast this last week where I was just explaining the fact that, like, for me. I'm not really into tons of foreplay. Now, what's interesting is when we actually do foreplay, I'm like, it's kind of the same thing, like what we were just talking about. I'm like, like oh, it. I like this. This is good. We should do this more. But on average, I'm just like, let's get to it. Like, come on. Like, if we're gonna have sex, let's just have sex. Like, what? I don't want to deal with all this like dibble dabble in the in the forefront of this. And like, let's just get to it. Because unfortunately, I'm this type of person where um, like if I if I wanna do something, I wanna like do it. I don't wanna like have Niceties in the beginning, <laughs> let me
0: explain how let me explain how this goes down. Shan. This is what I have to do with. She takes a shower, she goes over to the bed, she looks back at me. she's wearing nothing. She goes, "Hey, want to go for a ride." <laughs>
1: no. I, I that's really w- That's our foreplay. <laughs> drew- oh, that's our foreplay. That's, for for that's, that's our foreplay. You are play. such a tool. I do not see that. What do you say? No. What I do is I lean over the side of the bed, uh-huh. and I just have my leg up a little, and then you come over and you're like, "Oh, she wants sexy fun time right now." I don't see. Oh, so I go we don't even a a make ride. noises.
0: We just, we just, I just know.
1: You just know. It's like a signal. It's like you know, like like a, it's when, a signal. You know when like a when a bird calls. <laughs> that's amazing yeah. yeah
0: gretchen when i wake up in the morning and i have more morning wood that's a signal okay you're ignoring my signals
1: oh my gosh no so shannon is it is Sorry. it abnormal that that like i don't necessarily like it's not that i don't enjoy foreplay by any means i do enjoy foreplay it's just too time consuming for you but like sometimes i feel like it's time consuming <laughs> <laughs> jesus
0: is that abnormal? no i think okay. especially
3: as a new mom you know you're you're so Limited in time and Mm -hmm. energy, and also, too, it's just like the mental of it of the time. I think reframing foreplay, like uh, Masters and Johnson has the four prong um, system of what sex is, and it starts with arousal, there's a plateau, then orgasm, then resolution. And so, if we think about foreplay as arousal and that's it, it's not plateau or orgasm. And so, arousal happens all day long, like it's the little things that you do that. Turn you on to your partner. It's a little mating calls so that start in the morning, and you're like, "Oh, okay." Or, "Oh, you brushed your hair the way I like today." Or, you sent me a really flirty text. Or, me- meanwhile, while I was feeding the baby, you looked over at me and you were like, "Your your skin looks incredible. You're so stunning." Whatever it is, those small things that it's give you those so cu- those cues, your body's cues that like. Oh, I'm really, I'm really feeling connected to my partner right now. So
1: this makes so much, I don't mean to cut you off, but this makes so much sense right now because Slade does this all day long with me. Like he cannot walk past me without grabbing my ass or touching me or telling me I'm beautiful or doing something. So maybe that's why I don't need any sort of foreplay because like all day long, he's like flirting with me and telling me 24
3: hours of foreplay. Nice excuse, Gretchen, but here's the problem. I
1: think that might be it because I really think it is a little weird that I like don't even need foreplay, but like you,
0: like you all day long, you're foreplaying me. But but tell Tashian what you do to me. What do I do? You go right from arousal to resolution. What does that mean? That means that after the fact you go, I kind of wanted to have sex today, but you know, we just didn't do it.
1: (laughs) What does that mean? That's what
0: she, she. Yeah. Well, you know, I thought about it. Maybe we could like get together, but you know, I'm over it now. I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> not really feeling it. Not feeling it right now. <laughs> we're so married. We <laughs> have
1: like nine thousand questions we have to get to. So let's ask all these questions. I seriously, we had so many questions come in for you. So First we're going to have we, to probably do like a second segment just to th- answer some this of this. This is questions. why you
0: have to come back because yeah. there, there were there were a lot of questions. Everyone wants to hear from you. So yeah. I think Gretchen's. Gonna, I love it. She's yeah. going to go down a few. Of the questions that we have. Yeah. But then we're gonna we're gonna maybe in a week or so, I think that you should come back. We should do more. And maybe at that point our sex life will have improved and we can report back to Shan. What do you think? I think our
1: sex life is great. I think our sex life is pretty amazing. And you know what? I gotta give kudos to Slate and I because eleven years later, our sex life is still really great. It might not be as consistent right now, but whenever we do have sex, like every time we look at each other, we're like, wow, it gets better. Like it's it's really cool that we can say that's because it's
0: kind of like you don't have a bratwurst for a year, <laughs> and then you decide to have a barbecue. You throw one on, and you go, "Damn, these things are good." Why was I just? I should eat more bratwurst. Oh
1: my god! Okay, so one of the number one questions that I saw come in was people that are like, I have no libido. How do I get my sex drive back? Like, I'm not, you know, I'm just not there. Whether they're younger or older, it really was the gamut. It wasn't like, oh, it was just 60 plus year olds. It was everyone across the board. And people are just like, how do I get my lib- libido back? Or how do I get back into wanting to Sexy fun sex or, or
3: be horny again? Yeah, that's a really popular question. And, you know, for a number of years, I would answer that like, you know, when you first get into a connection with somebody, you're on a roller coaster your body is really doing everything for you and all you gotta do is throw your hands up and enjoy mm-hmm. and all of those chemicals that make you drawn to your party make you lustful they're just naturally packed in because it's new it's exciting it's dopamine inducing and it's adrenaline inducing but then as the person becomes familiar and love shifts from being passionate to companion it you're no longer in a roller coaster you're now in a car you have to really steer that yourself and mm-hmm. so you have to create those moments those butterflies you have to create that novelty and you know, create also to the environment that turn your partner on. Like, what unique environments actually do facilitate them to feel horny, and that's like a part of it. But I think a really big missing part to that answer is acknowledging that it's a disorder. Um, HSDD, which is hypoactive sexual desire disorder, it impacts like 30 million women in the U.S. One in 10 women, and exactly to your point, Gretchen, um, it's women as early as their 20s will experience this where essentially it is a chemical imbalance in the brain that just just causes you to not be interested in sex. Not dissimilar to people who take uh, antidepressants will feel a massive decline in sex drive. Why? It's because there's things happening or there's new chemicals being introduced or there's certain inhibitors that are preventing them from feeling those feelings more than they once did. So I would say that if you're experiencing frustrating low sex drive, that's a really important word to put in front because some people are not having sex and they're okay with that and that's called asexuality to some capacity um, so i think if you're frustrated with the lack of low sex drive i would look into HFDD. Um then i would look into treatment options you can take options that are you know more in the psychotherapy realm that you don't have to take any medication and there's options where there is medication for you maca has been said to be a natural way to boost libido and to you know, change some of the hormone imbalance that might be stopping you from experiencing that lust that you once did. But if that's not your issue, it's more just me and my partner kind of took it for granted when everything was hot and easy and simple, and now it's not. We don't know how to readjust. That's when you have to go, like, okay, well, how do we manually create the environments that do make us lusty? But I would explore HSDB first, rule that out, and then second, go to what resolutions can me and my partner do just on interaction level. Got it.
1: Got it.
0: Which so. means we could end up back in a car in a parking lot right
3: <laughs> Oh yeah, we're gonna have to go me, back to those days. <laughs> the first time that I had car I had car sex with my husband, like back when we were just, you know, friends of benefit. And it was the first time that he gave me analingus and I brought that up to him the other day. It was like it was the most amazing thing ever. And so yeah, car sex car sex is not just for teens. It can be it can be great in adult years too.
1: No, wait. Okay. See, we were in a two seater. So angling this, I don't, can't even say the name. Right. I think it would have been really hard. <laughs> like yeah, I could barely get myself. All, yeah. I think I needed a vaccine because I could barely, because I was like sitting on top of them and the steering wheel was behind my ass. And I was like, this is really hard to do. Just so you okay, know, anyways. based
0: upon this conversation, honey, I'm going to go out and buy us a uh, sprinter van. <laughs> Be sure you got plenty of room to get oh whatever you want, girl.
1: That's too funny. Okay. So. Um, another, uh, common one was how many times a week is, is it, is normal to have sex? You know, like, um, it, it, I guess, I guess married, not married, whatever. How many times a week? I mean, I think this, this is, this is all just like, um,
0: depend- Pick a big number, Shamp. Well, Do it no, for me, but I th- Pick a big number.
1: <laughs> no, but I mean, I think it's all relative to each person's like situation is probably what it comes down to. But I'm curious, is there like a number that you feel like is this is a healthy number that you're supposed to be having sex every week
3: or something? Here's the numbers that they throw out. They say beyond two times a week. And it's important to put the caveat when we say sex, we're often talking about orgasm in terms of health benefits. So they say like two times a week for orgasm, and you'll receive the health benefits like year long of like what sex can do for the body. And so a majority of married couples, I think the average is two, two times a week. But again, Gretchen, like you're, you said it perfectly, like if you're having sex two times a day, there's nothing that says that that's a bad thing. If you're having sex two times a month, it doesn't mean to say that's a bad thing. Right. Uh, marriages that are classified as sexless are less than 11 times a year. Wait, less, so, than, less than 11 times 11, a year? That's less like, than
1: 11 times a year. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's
3: interesting. But then, then what? Because so you have sex 12 times during the career. So it just kind of puts this spin on it to where it's like, well, what's how does this number actually impact or what does it actually say about the quality of our intimacy or the quality of our relationship? And the only people who can answer that are those who are in the relationship.
1: Yeah. So I think maybe we talked about this a little bit, but maybe you can give like a quick little answer to this about like, um, can you get back into wanting sex? You know, this person's been married 20 years and she said, she's okay if she doesn't ever have sex again. (laughs) (laughs) That's a bummer. But like, uh, do you feel like after 20 years of marriage, like, do you feel like, do you have any specific tips that you could give that would help somebody get back into it, I guess?
3: I want you guys to answer this question. I think if people have been married for 11 years and, you know, have gone through the gamut of trying to conceive and then having a baby, you probably ebbed and flowed between having sex a lot and it not being a part of your life as much as it used to be. Do you feel like you've gone through dry spells and come out of it like raging hotter than ever?
0: Well, wait a second. Gretchen actually had a period of time where you didn't think that you could have uh, an orgasm. But that was before you, honey. I know, but that's the point. Oh. So, so what's different? Like you, well, you actually thought something was wrong with you.
1: Well, for a minute, I was like struggling because I was like, "Why? You know, why am I having a hard, hard time having orgasms?" But I really, but what's interesting is I think. That what I've learned in my relationship with Slade is that honestly, if you don't have the other areas of your relationship in a good place, sex is always going to be a hard thing. Now, that's not necessarily always true because there's just some people that just love sex and it doesn't matter if everything else is messed up. But for me personally, yeah. But for me personally, I feel like if you are meeting me emotionally, mentally, spiritually. um, Say physical. Physically. Well, no, but, but the physical comes when you are meeting my needs in those other areas. Yes, it does. And I feel like then it's just icing on the cake. I, I honestly think, cause I, you know, I was married before and, um, you Nobody know, ever he was but, <laughs> but, <he wasn't, laughs> but he wasn't meeting my needs on those things. And I found myself becoming less and less attracted and not wanting to have sex as much because those other needs weren't being met. So I would question And, you know, this is more on the psychological side of things. I would question, you know, what's actually going on in your marriage um, and those other categories in your life that possibly is making you not feel attracted to your partner. Now, that that might be totally different for each person. But for me, I would think because like I said, like because not
0: flirting throughout the day.
1: No, but yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Because you meet my needs on so many other things like the sex is just the icing on the cake. Like like him and I, you and I have talked about several times before, you know, sex is maybe one hour of the 23 hours of the day. And if you're unhappy and miserable in the other 23 hours of the day, like that little
0: chance of success uh, in the relationship, Yeah,
1: like it's just, I don't know. That's, that's my personal opinion. I might be totally wrong on that, but I would say probably evaluate the other areas of, of your life and, and try and get those on track and then watch and see how your sex life comes back. Because I think a lot of the times too, Slade and I are feeling really disconnected or, or, you know, something's going on there. I think if we start again, it's about the open communication and we start talking and we start reconnecting, then you find that you, that person's sharing that love with you. And then you want to be back connected with them in that physical way. Am I wrong on that? I don't know.
3: No, it's a beautiful answer. I think that that's exactly right. I think a good litmus test to decide if it's you or if it's the relationship is, do you find yourself getting horny ever? You know, when you read a romance novel, do you get the tingling sensation? if you have dreams, do you have dreams at night, you know, fantasizing about other people? If you watch an erotic film, do you feel, you know, the the swells of arousal starting to happen? Mm -hmm. And if you do, then you know that it's not, you know, body or physiological, but it could be, you know, more so connection. But if you don't ever feel a pang of sexual desire, if it doesn't ever come up, no matter what stimulation or who the other person is on the, on the other end of what you're experiencing, that's when you're like, maybe I might be in the asexuality umbrella or maybe sex is no longer, you know, an important part of of how I express myself or what I desire out of life. So I think that that either direction, but I love that answer. And I think that that's probably really helpful for a lot of people.
1: I want to go back to, um, when you were talking about having orgasms twice a week. So there's a lot of people that struggle with masturbation and, um, because for some reason, again, there's some like you're shamed of it or you mm-hmm. feel weird about it or whatnot. So I, but I love the fact that you're talking about for sexual health, that that's important. So I, I want you to touch a little bit on the fact of, you know, let's say you aren't necessarily having or able to have sex with your partner or whatever's going on that still taking care of yourself or having those orgasms like how do you how do you talk about that in a marriage how do you justify that in a marriage in a relationship whatever I I don't know if I'm finding the right words right now but how do you talk someone through that and make them feel okay about wanting to do that
3: to activate even when they're married yeah or or just
1: or just it more about like the sexual health overall, whether it's having sex or whether it's, 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 uh, having orgasm, you know, with yourself or whatever it is. I don't know. I, I don't know if
0: I'm posing. The reason that she's posing this question is because again, we were accused of being fornicators.
3: (laughs) No. So so I think the perception
0: is, wait, the perception is, is that people believe that Self-pleasuring or masturbation for some reason is a is a bad or negative thing. They shouldn't be doing those things. Like Even they feel the
1: shame of it feel or they ashamed. hide it.
0: Even on the religious side of things, it's it's spoken against. Yeah. However, there is a, a health benefit right. to that natural biological thing that takes place. Right. So you would like her to identify what the health benefits are by doing it. And how do you talk people through the fact that it's okay?
1: Or like, how do you talk with your partner There's about it? There's a reason it, it about... feels
0: good. There's a reason that it feels good. It doesn't feel good and don't touch it. Yeah, don't go there.
1: But, how, or but however, how does or how does a couple get comfortable with with talking about that or being comfortable with that because they know that it's good for their sexual, their overall sexual
3: health? I mean, knowledge is so freeing. When you understand something, that's where frustration and anger and shame they come from. A lack of clarity. I mean, there's a comedian that said this joke that just always stuck with me. They were like, "It's so crazy that people think that God didn't want you to masturbate. Like, don't you think that God is smarter than that?" He just, God didn't want you to touch your genitals. It would be in the middle of your back and you can't reach. Instead, <laughs> it's the most convenient place possible. You just put your hand down there and you're, you're already like getting started. Right. So I think that um, acknowledging that orgasm and sex in general um, reduces your chance for heart disease and improves circulation in the body. It releases DHEA to keep you looking younger, longer. Yes. It can be a natural stress reliever. It's a natural pain reliever. If you have cramps, one of the best things you could do is to orgasm. That would maybe be a natural way to alleviate even a headache. Uh-huh. Um, orgasm is improved, linked to, to help people with headaches. It releases immunoglobin to boost your immune system. It releases oxytocin to help you bond with people and feel a stronger bond with especially people that you want to create a bond with. So there's just so many health benefits and even wet dreams. Like when you have sex with somebody in your dreams, like that's your body's way I have so many. I think I had to last night, actually. Yeah, I literally
1: it, but. I have them all the time. I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, why do I have so many
0: sex dreams? What I love about this is that we're all self-quarantined. We're worried about our immune system. I am instructing everyone listening to the show to go home and beat off.
3: <laughs> it will yes, help improve yes. your
0: immune system and protect you from the virus. Oh,
3: my God. That's so funny. Yeah, there's literally times where I don't feel well. And I'm like, oh fuck. I should masturbate. And even though I'm like, I'm not in the mood. I don't really want to. I'm like, this is what I should do. Not dissimilar from like, I should drink this wellness shot. That's going to taste so gross. So I know that it's a part of my wellness. Right.
1: You know what though? I love this long list of what you just gave, because I think that a lot of people miss this. Again, I think people are so like, oh my gosh, it's a chore. Oh my gosh. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's this thing I have to do. I'm too tired. I'm too this, I'm too that. But when you actually like start naming off all those things, I mean, I don't know what woman out there doesn't want to like look younger and prettier. So I'm like, oh, I got to start having more orgasms. You know, like, this is this is like Botox in a bottle for me. You know? So like, I think that's really great information that you're giving to the listeners. Because again, everything's always about having a different, you know, um, perception of something. And I think that sometimes when you're stuck in a rut and you're like, oh my gosh, it's a chore. I don't want to do this. I da, da, da. And if you start looking at it from a different perspective and going, you know what, there's all these great health benefits from it. And I need to make this a priority. Like we're talking about, you need to make your nutrition or working out a priority to look and feel your best. So it's the same thing with your sexual health. And I don't think it there should be so much shame and guilt attached to that, but more about knowledge and really embracing the fact that it's a good thing for you.
3: I think yes you know I think for a long time wellness you know was about to your point like exercise and diet and mental health and if you go to any wellness retreats like those are the focal points and there's probably a yoga class you know midway through or something now sex is starting to be referred to as wellness like it's really starting to get understood as not this other cousin who lives in the attic but like a part of what it actually means to live well. I love that. Um, and don't get me wrong. The humans are, we are resilient and we survive despite the conditions. And so there is a one-size-fits-all to like how to live. And a lot of people can experience wellness without sex. Just yeah. like a lot of people can experience wellness without exercise. Yeah. Um, that's just how their body is made up. But it's for the most part of most people, yeah, a healthy sex life is really a big part. just a healthy life. Yeah, I
2: love
0: Well, that. I have to say that First off, thank you so much for spending some time with us. We would love for you to come back and join us again because we did not even scratch the we surface. We did, literally. Um, everyone out there, uh, you can hear more from Shan on Sexology with Shan Boudram. I love the way that rings together. Honey, yes. <laughs> so. It's available on Quibi and on her YouTube channel, Shan Booty. I love
3: that name right? too, Shan Booty.
0: Yeah. I love it. Um, so, uh, Shan, tell us where people can find you on social.
3: I'm going to just 100% go with Quibi. That's my one wish. It's a daily show. It's got real people, real stories, real takeaway. It is going to change the way that people talk about sex. And I want you to be a part of that conversation. So my one wish is that everybody goes and downloads the Quibi app and checks out all the amazing shows on there. But mostly sex with Shamboo with
0: Because it is a sexy essential.
1: I love it. Shan, it, it was is- it was such an honor having you today. Thank you so much for so much great sound advice. And uh, we wish you continued success in everything you're doing. And we hope to have you back very soon. Thank you so much,
3: Greg. And thank you, saying Congratulations once again. Your beautiful addition to your family. I'm going to actually go digging in the crates to find the episodes where you guys talk about your journey more. Um, uh-huh. But this has been awesome. So I appreciate the time.
0: No, no, no. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Just because I tell you that you look pretty, you think I'm trying to get sex from you?
3: Yeah, totally.
1: Because now I realize that that was your foreplay. Oh, yeah. That's. To- I think that she, like, I literally think she resolved my foreplay issue.
0: So I foreplay with you all day long? Yeah. And then once every six weeks, you say... <laughs> <laughs> want to go for a ride
1: <laughs> where did you come up want to go for a ride by it's the way it's just the
0: position to take it's that not really is it's just like
1: that was so raunchy i would i, I don't think raunchy. i've ever in our entire sex life want to go for a ride well was boy it, it wasn't min- cowboy <laughs> get on this cowgirl right now go okay, for look, a ride this is
0: like radio and you have to <laughs> paint a visual for the listener and- i already
1: did i said i lean over the side of the bed put one leg up and i'm like hello come to mama but apparently that wasn't enough. You had to add the ride to Mom- Mom
0: for or whatever. Our male listeners out there will understand where I'm coming from.
1: <laughs> for the love of God.
0: Anyway, I thought that was really a fun show. I it thought was. she was super smart and fun to talk to. And we're definitely going to have her back.
1: I definitely agree. And I feel like, no, but like for real, I feel like I really do understand now maybe why I don't have to have all this foreplay because like, even like a couple of my friends were like, No, I definitely need the foreplay. So good for you that you can just like get into it. But I think you foreplay with me all day. So I think that's why, because like you come and kiss on my neck and like you like play with my hair. And so the
0: next time you smack (laughs) me upside the head and you go, not now I'm in work mode, then I'm just going to look at you and go, Hey,
1: that was foreplay. Oh Lordy. You know what? I hate it when you get any excuses to get away with things. (laughs) I
0: hate that. Oh, come on. You get the same excuses. All right. Well, here's what I want to do. Uh, this is the question of the week. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that Shan, she nailed it. I thought it was so interesting what she said, very profound. So what I want everyone to do is really sit down and think about, I guess, the characteristics that you would want from a partner in a relationship. And then you need to learn how to build a specific skill set to invite the right kind of love into your life. Yeah. I thought that was really, really smart. So if you think about that, this is the kind of qualities I want an individual to have. Well, guess what? In order to meet those types of qualities, I need to have that skill set. I need to be involved in that same thing in order to attract that kind of person. I yeah. thought that was so cool.
1: That was fascinating. It was a very different take. It was. On, on it. Because like, but I mean, here's the thing. I I'm a I'm a little hesitant with that because I don't want somebody to think they have to change who they are in order to bring a certain person to their life. I think they just need to evaluate what's important in their life and make sure that that is actually what you are focusing on and putting your energy into. I think you need to decide what it is that's important to you. And then based on what's important to you, then then that would that just naturally comes into your life. Like if something's important to you, you, you naturally are focusing on that and then that bring it that comes into your life. Does that make sense? I'm really psychoanalyzing. You are
0: this. T- totally ripping it apart and bringing it back together. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so do do it for me. Give me your best Dr. Laura. I want you to ask this question of our listeners. Give them the question of the week, sum up. What you just broke down so that they have a clear vision as to what we would like them to accomplish.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to do I that. I don't know. It's not
0: something you can say. No, but
1: like read the way you read the question and then I'll say it better in layman's
0: terms. Go. What I want people to do is sit down, analyze the characteristics they'd like to have in a partner, mm-hmm. and then think about the type of skill set they need to develop in themselves to invite the right kind of love in their life.
1: Okay. I like it. That's good.
0: That's a good question. Oh, Jesus, Christ, me. <laughs> Everybody, you've been listening to Not Too Taboo. Thank you so much. Remember to download, subscribe, and uh, we will be back here with you again in another episode very soon. Of Not Too Taboo. Not Too Taboo.